T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Rain, rain, go away, come again another day. But we can still play, and that's exactly what we're going to do in a few minutes. Going to hear from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking baseball with Craig Mish. The Dan Lebitard Show. They're talking to Mr. 305. No, I'm not talking about Pitbull. I'm talking about Udonis Haslam about all things Miami. Then Hawk and Crowder, all about that rotisserie chicken. Right now, though, all about the headlines. Some projections have the Canes football team winning the ACC Coastal Division and playing in the Orange Bowl. Week 1 is September 5th versus Temple. In wake of recent social unrest, Marlins CEO Derek Jeter says it's time for racial hatred to end. Inter-Miami CF players skipped voluntary practices yesterday amid reports of a looming MLS lockout. A judge has ordered that Zion Williamson will have to answer questions under oath about possibly receiving improper benefits at Duke. Boxing great Floyd Mayweather says he will pay for George Floyd's funeral. The ceremony will take place one week from today in Houston. The Notre Dame Navy football game has been moved from Ireland to Annapolis, Maryland due to coronavirus concerns. Also, they may push back the game day from August 29th to Labor Day. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> the Devil's Backbone Brewery in Virginia is offering one lucky person $20,000 to hike and drink beer for seven months. Dream job! The world's largest library fine, $345, has been paid. And I complain when I owe them five cents. Thieves in South Africa recently broke into a store and stole $17,000 worth of alcohol. Man's got a drink! British officials are defending their new social distancing rules that are being described as a sex ban. The government says it is not anti-sex, rather it is pro-health. <laughs> Anti and sex, two words that should never be put together. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy with temperatures around 80. Oh, how I miss going to Marlins Park. No traffic, parking on the street for free, just walking up, buying a ticket, sitting wherever I want, $5 Rolling Rock beers. Man, Major League Baseball, please return, please return, please return. Joe Rose saying the same thing this morning when he talked with Craig Mish. They break down the MLB. Also, what's baseball's magic numbers for games if they have a season? Is baseball like Tiger King? And baseball, oh yeah, they're cutting the fat. 
11 to 1 daily fantasy sports today on the sports grid it's also got a marlins podcast at swings and mishes craig mish gonna join us here for a couple minutes hopefully baseball will come back what what what's going on with the latest with that it's pretty it's actually pretty much going the way that i would have expected it to it's it's like your employer essentially telling you that you're not worth anything knowing that how much you're worth and throwing out these like ridiculous low ball offers and scenarios and you know eventually that they like you and they want you but they're just trying to do what's best for their business and and i think essentially that's what the owners are doing right now in major league baseball and in the end um you know they have really good negotiators and i think that in the end it probably will end up looking like they were the ones who ended up winning this battle if there is a battle per se Uh, and i do think that there'll be a season but i I think that it'll be more than 50 games which is what was you know clearly reported last night let's let's talk about that the 50 to 60 games i I thought the the good news was we're back to full prorated share whatever amount of games it is which is which really was the number one thing baseball wanted so so what's the magic number we've heard players say 114 prorated games the owner saying 50 to 60 do we get back to that 80 number you see See that with prorated numbers half a season? Uh, you know, it's interesting, Joe. I think that all of this, and, and even with the owners delaying for you know a couple of weeks getting in that proposal, I think all of this is to get that number below 80. I think that could be a possibility because when you think about it, there are players in the league and certainly players that deserve to be getting, well, I mean, deserve is a strong word, but let's just say have earned the right to get paid $30 million like Garrett Cole. And then there are others, our old friend Miguel Cabrera, who's you know still getting paid $25, $30 million at the end of his career. I mean, think of what it would do for a Major League Baseball franchise if they were able to shave five or ten games off every single player's salary in Major League Baseball and instead of getting that 82 games to get it to 70. I mean, ten games is a very big deal. And unfortunately for the players, I think that that could have been the attempt the entire time from the owners here in basically saying, hey, look, we're simply not going to pay you 82 games prorated. It's going to be something less than that. And if it turns out to be 70, the owners, you know, they win. In this case, they win. Yeah. They get to they get to pay the players less money. So you know, again, it's back and forth. It's it's the owners saying no for eighty two. It's the players saying, oh well, how about this? If it's no for eighty two, then we'll only do it for one fourteen. But in the end, we know it won't be fifty either. So I think the magic number is, is probably somewhere right b- below the uh, the eighty figure. They have to get something figured out this week. Is, is this a crucial week? Everybody keeps saying if if we're talking about getting back in July, this this week is we, we need to have something done by the end of the week. Do you agree with that, or do, or do we bleed into next week well the draft is on the 10th and i find it hard to believe that rob manfred like roger goodell is gonna i mean he lives in jupiter so there's no garage but i I find it hard to believe that in his extra room in jupiter that he's gonna do a draft and open up and say welcome to the draft we have no season or we don't know so i would say the 10th seems to be the barometer to get something done but i would also say this if they are okay with playing the postseason at neutral sites that does change things a little bit more i mean i don't know why it would come to that and and fighting you know so deeply into the football season with the NBA and the NFL doesn't really make a lot of sense. But if they chose to do it, you know, the World Series in in California and Florida, then they could actually go obviously much deeper into it. And and, and the Dodgers also also keep this in mind are going to need a makeup for losing the All Star game as well. So that's just something to circle and keep in mind. It wouldn't shock me to see them you know host the World Series this year regardless. Craig, with all that said, do you honestly think that there's going to be no baseball season? Could there is there a real possibility that we're really going to have no baseball season? No, and I was on with you guys a couple weeks ago. I said that I thought that there would be. I still think that is the case, too. 
it's just business, you know, and it was brought up to me to say, hey, look, look, if you could if you could string this out and you were a business owner and you're talking about running a billion dollar business and you could save, uh, you know, the entire league. 20, 30, 40, 50 million by shaving games off a schedule for the players. As, as crass as it sounds, I think that that's something that you probably would do. Given the nature of the country and what's happening right now, I don't, I don't think that ethically it may be the right thing to do. But look, I can't speak to owning a baseball team either and how I would run it. Different for everyone. For the owners, essentially, the kind of money that we're talking about here for some of them would be a charitable donation just to pay the player salaries for 70 games or 80 games. But, you know, I'm not in that position. They are, so I can't speak to it. I do think that at some point there will be a season, but I don't think that the numbers will, you know, honestly resemble anything that we've seen so far. Uh, 50 or 114, I don't think either number comes close. Do you agree that at the end of the day, they understand they have to play some baseball? They don't have to play 162 games, but but, but they need to play. They, they do need to, I mean, it's bad for ownership. It's value of, of teams to, I have trouble even believing owners don't want to play games. I, I really do. From from the poorest teams to the the richest teams that have the best contracts in the big cities, they all want to play, don't they? Or do you really believe there's some teams out there that don't want to play? I think that there would be some teams that would be really hurt by playing with no fans. There would be several. I think that in particular, one team that would be hurt would be the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies have a very high payroll, and a lot of their revenue is based on ticket sales. They're usually a top 10 uh, revenue right. uh, ticket every single year, and Joe, they don't win. They just play at altitude every year, but they have a great fan base. Yeah, you know, They have several players making $20, 30000000 million a year, and now they have no fans, and you know and I know that with the Rockies spending no money this offseason and having a massive payroll, they're not going to win. They're not going to beat the Dodgers. They're not going to beat the Diamondbacks and they probably are not going to beat the Padres who are on the run too. So what are they playing for here? They're playing for us. And and if they can come to terms with that and they can understand that, then great. But I think it's going to be harder for some teams than others. And, and I think that if there was some sort of guarantee that even 25 or 30% of the fans could come back this year at some of those locations, I think that it would be you know an easier pill to swallow. But I think that there will be an initial backlash like we've never seen before. That's for sure. And, and I, that's undeniable and that would go on. But I don't get this notion that fans won't come back next year. I mean, I, I, first of all, I do think they'll play, but if they didn't in some crazy scenario, the popularity of the sport is where it is. It's not at the top. It's not at the bottom. It's somewhere in the middle. And I just, I don't see that changing all that much. So we would all yell and scream and throw pitchfork for a few months. And then, uh, you know, like the Tiger King, it would just go away. And then there'd be baseball again. <laughs> Careful, man. That, Tiger King's back. coming back. Carol Baskin. <laughs> I, I to, saw that this morning. To, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, whatever happened with that Tiger King story? Oh, that's right. It was. I mean, but like, like during the pandemic, that was like the story that everyone thought that was going to be the big story for months, and it went away right. fast. And here it is again this morning. So I thought it was a good reference. Cray, help me out. Minor league system and and baseball. What's what's going to happen to single, double, and triple A baseball? Knowing how important it is for a team like the Marlins, who are developing their minor league system, getting these guys ready next couple years for the big leagues. Yeah, for for it's the unfortunate part for teams like like Miami. There's no doubt the Marlins you know, throughout this process have taken some hits. I mean, make no mistake about it, losing the World Baseball Classic and all the revenue that that would have brought in. And and, um, and yeah, and, and I think that we're at the point now where we know that minor league baseball has been trying to eliminate teams and players for a while. And essentially what they did is they paid the players uh, salaries, you know, prorated salaries, very small portions. But the players get paid this year no matter what, even if they don't play. It's not a lot, but they get paid. And the way they got paid was by eliminating 
dominating 20 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft this year. That's the first step toward this, is now you only have five rounds of a draft, and then all the other kids are going to be free agents with a maximum amount of pay of $20,000, which is a big, it's a huge change from where we were a year ago. You could get somebody in the sixth round and have to pay them a few hundred thousand to get them to sign. Uh, No longer the case. So that's the first step. The next step next year will really, the critical part will be, especially for Miami and for some of the other teams, can they get this draft back to like 10, 15 rounds? Because that's going to be super important for them and the Orioles and the Royals and some of these teams at the bottom. But yeah, there's going to be elimination of teams, no question. And you're seeing some teams that have cut a lot of their, uh, you know, minor league players because they just, they don't want to pay them. Uh, Miami's in an interesting situation there. They haven't done it yet. I'm uncertain if they will or how many players they will, but they've, the Marlins have sent a good message to their minor league players thus far. So let's hope that continues. Are they are they going to play games? Or are we going to see minor league baseball play games this year? This year, no, I don't think so. So what do you do with all those guys? What what happens to the guys that don't make the fifty man roster? What do they do for a year? You send them to winter league yeah, baseball I mean, early? It, it, what? Oh, uh, you know what? You know, Joe, it's actually not that difficult. What they would do, they would send them all to their minor league facilities and have them play inter squad spring games against the teams that are local. So, for example, in South Florida, here we have the Astros and Nationals in Palm Beach, and you have the Cardinals and Marlins and Jupiter. You would just send them to their spring facilities, you know, and have them play each other for three or four months. And, and you know, the only problem is, is it's hot as you know. What and I don't know how they would play nine innings, but they would get working for sure. I would say for right. two or three months, it would just it would just be games. It's, it's just a crazy situation going on there. How bad how bad does it look, by the way, for a team like Oakland or other teams that basically have come out and said, uh, not knowing what's going to go on with minor league baseball or it's going to be canceled anyway, but saying they're not going to pay their guys and, and other teams are. Just how bad of a look is it for a franchise when they come out and say something like that or do something? Yeah, Zach, the whole look is bad. It's a bunch of stupidity. These these owners don't, you know, this is the one part where the owners have failed because in 1994, when there was a strike, you know, we, I, I think I mentioned this last time, what we would do, you know, I'll be going about our business and then everybody would tune in a sports center at five o'clock to see this guy Donald Fear speak and we'd be so annoyed that this was happening every day at six o'clock and 11 o'clock. But now every intricate detail of every single thing is going on Twitter and they had to know this and people are going to leak it. You know, some teams are trying to make other teams look bad. When a team does something good, they want it out there, so they tell a reporter. And when something negative comes out there, it comes out as well. So the foresight of, of the owners is just dumb. And and not only them, but the Washington Nationals too, to have a player come out and say, hey, look, you're not going to take care of it, but all the players are. And then, of course, the Nationals backtrack. You know, the, the power of social media is so strong, and for the owners not to realize that this sort of stuff was going to happen is just really poor foresight on their end. And so I'm not surprised at all that they're getting this sort of backlash, but hopefully other organizations and teams learn from this. Details get out. I mean, NBA, the guys, the guys before they signed in three months, we know because the agents are letting this stuff out. How they didn't know this, I have no idea. Just stupidity. Yeah. It's interesting to, to watch and see, but I, I'm with you. They're going to get this thing done. They are not, not going to have baseball. Got to have it. Got to be played. Just can't imagine next week at this time that, like you said, that we're not uh, talking about some good news. I I agree with you, Craig. Something good's going to come out of this. I just have trouble, even though it looks bad right now, that they will get something worked out. I totally agree. So thanks, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, hopefully, and and hopefully so. It's going the next part of this will be what teams decide to go all in on a on a sixty or seventy game season and call up all their prospects, try and win a championship, knowing there's going to be extra teams in the playoffs. 
And, you know, there are some teams like Miami, like uh, like the White Sox that could basically say, hey, you know what? This is our shot. You know, let's let's go for it. Let's go all in. We could see players that would have never been in the major league and see them for this year. And conversely, on the teams that have no shot that would have called up prospects, I don't think they're calling them up this year at all. We won't see them. So interesting stuff. This was the last page of Project Wolverine that Barry Jackson never got. That's this is the part of it that we never saw. This was the whole. This was the Barry Jackson postscript. Craig, thanks for your time as always, buddy. You, we love are, you. you are too much. Goodbye, Craig. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great one. Thanks. Kind of sad to hear, but also kind of understand it. Baseball cutting the fat has to get leaner, has to get meaner in this 2020. We've all kind of had to get a little meaner and a little bit leaner these past couple of months this year, 2020. Ooh. Make you feel good, though. Let's check in with the Dan Levitard Show. UD, when you see cops walking with protesters, does that, because I think that's been hugely impactful, just seeing that, does it give you hope? I love it. I love it. I love it. Mr. Miami, Udonis Haslam, going to be talking to Mr. Miami, Dan Lebetard and his guys in about five minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please follow me on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. You might be wondering, why are you playing your favorite song from the Rolling Stones, Paint It Black? Well, it's because one of the lesser-known members of the Rolling Stones, drummer Charlie Watts, 79 today. Happy birthday, Charlie Watts. Let's enjoy some Paint It Black. Programming note coming up at 7 o'clock, we will have a Panthers replay. Doug Plagans going to be reliving one of the great Panthers wins of past. So be ready for that once again at 7 o'clock. Now, you know, I've moved from New Orleans to Miami two years ago. Before I came here, I had no idea what type of a person Udonis Haslam is and was. And the past two years, I have been overly impressed every step of the way with the way he has acted, with the way he has represented himself, this great city, the organization with the heat. And if you're not impressed with Udonis Haslam, you have to hear this right now as he talks with Dan Levitard and the guys, his feelings for Miami, his mixed emotions with everything that's going on, and the heat's involvement with the kind of times that we are going through. So I've covered Udonis Haslam since he was in high school, have literally seen him grow from a young man into a man who has always represented uh, Miami in a way that makes Miamians uh, proud. Udonis Haslam with us now on ESPN Radio. Thank you, uh, Udonis, for making the time for us. How how did you feel this weekend? You're a hard man. You're a tough man. I haven't seen you very emotional very many times over the years. Uh, how did you experience uh, the events of the last weekend and the last week? I mean, it was very emotional for me, you know, first and foremost, um, because, you know, what, what's happening just keeps happening and it's frustrating and it's, and it's painful. It's terrible. It's disgusting. It's all the above. But also see a lot of blame, 
you know, going towards the police, you know, department as a whole. And, and I definitely understand the, the frustration with the police department and the justice system. There has to be something different. There, there has to be a different plan moving forward. But I do know a lot of family and friends that are police and that are good people and that do have the right intentions, that do go to work every day with the, the intention to serve and protect. You know, I have an obligation to also speak for those people and make sure those people are protected as well because they matter to me just as much as people in the community. You know, I'm talking about my little sister. You know, my mom passed away. My little sister is the last piece of my mom I have now. She's a police officer. So, you know, those people have to be safe to me. So how do you decide what you're going to do, when you're going to do it? Who do you check with within the organization? How is it that you become the first voice that people hear as it regards to the, the Miami Heat and Miami on this subject? I'm connected to everybody in the city from, you know, the community and the, and the inner city and, the, and just the people standing on the corner to the politicians and, and the commissioners. And, you know, just so happened I was texting with Commissioner Keon Hardiman about, hey, listen, I'm not in the politics. I'm not a politician, but I want to do something. What can I do from, you know, my point? How can I make a difference? And he was saying that he was headed to the police de- police department to, um, to have a press conference. And I was like, I want to be there. Thing led to another, and I ended up speaking with a mic in my face. And, um, you know, for me, it was just to speak from the heart. Um, I do understand our pain and frustration once again. I understand protests, and I think our voices need to be heard. But I don't want us to lose sight of what's really important, um, destroying our businesses, destroying our community, watching other people be injected into our community to help ensure destroy our businesses and our communities. Uh, Those are things that we don't need. Udonis Haslam with us on ESPN Radio. What do you know about the McDuffie riots? Uh, You were born after them. What is your, what was passed down from uh, just elders in Miami on about the time when you were born? Fires, um, McDuffie um, beaten by the police and you know how the streets were you know just crazy i think majority of the riding went down over town if i'm not mistaken and i know they have a mirror of mcduffie over town and i'm actually on a mirror right next to him so i definitely understand the importance of that and how it definitely affected our city. But um, if I'm not mistaken, majority of that riot went or went down, you know, in the Overtown area. And that's why that's one of the reasons why um, Overtown is so historical with so many other different reasons. Uh, where are you in terms of fear, Udonis? As a parent, I'm terrified. As a person, as a man, I'm, I have no fear at all. You know, I'm not I don't fear nothing as a man. But as a parent, you know, it's terrifying raising um, African-Americans nowadays because you want to say, hey, you get up out of the hood and you provide a better life for your kids and it's supposed to be all good but then you wonder if it is really all good when you know the people that are supposed to be protecting us are you know sometimes people that you fear and you never know what's going to happen you know i don't know if i should tell my kids if they get pulled over to call call the police because police are people that you know if something happens do you call the police or do you call me for me having a nine-year-old and having to have that conversation after he literally just learned how to tie his shoes maybe two years ago it's a huge jump for him to understand but i'm trying to bridge that gap as much as i can ud when you see cops walking with protesters does that because i think that's been usually impactful just seeing that does it give you hope i love it i love it i love it because i think that the only way that there's going to be change is if we try to figure out a way to communicate and we figure out a way to do it together you know um there's no way that either side is going to do this alone and i think the hard part for most people is picking a side but i don't say you have to pick a side i think you do what's right and what's right is to get us together and, and to get us you know unified i feel like as a leader most leaders try to lead by bringing people together not by fear and intimidation and i just leave that at that <laughs> donna some I, I know you have a lot of family who are police um when your police relatives uh who are good cops 
see that George Floyd video. Uh, is there an obligation for good cops to speak up and, and be as appalled as they are publicly? I think they should. I think, um, you know, officers should speak up and speak out. Majority of my family are the officers besides my little sister aren't on social media, but my little sister is on social media and she has spoken up about it. And I feel like they definitely have an obligation um, if they have a social platform, you know, to speak up in some shape, form or fashion about it, because that's what we're going to need. You know, it, it can't just be done on our side. Because if it would, if it could, we would have done it a long time ago. We need help. You know, it's got to be a collective um, movement. But what needs to happen, Udonis, for this not to be just another conversation that lasts for a week and then we all get back to what we were doing before? And it was a good conversation and glad we have it and nothing solved. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think the president has to make better decisions. You know, I, I can't see how we go from the three other officers that were there not even being charged to threatening to bring in the National Guard. I mean, like, there was no conversations with leaders in our communities. Um, there was no conversation for compromise. There was just straight from nothing to let's bring in the National Guard because they're rioting. I feel like, like, once again, I said, as a leader, you lead by bringing people together. You know, you lead by unifying people and with unity. I don't think you lead by with fear and, and threats and, and, and intimidation. You know what I'm saying? Those aren't the leaders that I have known to be successful and those aren't the leaders that I try to follow. If you want to know really what has to change, it's really got to start with the guy that runs the country. And I don't know if that's realistic, but um, we're going to continue to do our part to make our voices heard. I'm telling you, for those of you who don't know, who aren't familiar with him and Miami, the specifics of it, this man very much regards this organization as his family. Like he will do anything for the people in this organization because of how he is tied to it. And I'm curious what you think, Udonis, the people above you, what are... What are their responsibilities here? Oh, our organization is fully prepared to be involved. I had conversations with Coach Spo. Um, I've had conversations with, um, you know, Steve Stowe. I've had conversations with plenty of people on our side. Um, I actually have a phone call with some people in our organization today about things we can do moving forward. So that's definitely a plan that's being put in motion. All of our guys on board, I've talked to the young guys individually. We're all wondering what we can do and, and how we can do it to make a difference and make an impact, but not just something that goes away after that day, something that can continue to either set a president or set, set a standard for the NBA or something that we can continue to do to make sure people understand that this is something that we're really, really passionate about. So that's the conversation that we're really going to have today. Good talking to you, Udonis. Always good talking to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, guys. Maybe one day mayor of Miami, Udonis Haslam. I wouldn't be upset with that. Also wouldn't be upset with hearing from Hawk and Crowder. I think that's something that everybody agrees on, right? Is there anyone that doesn't like a good old rotisserie chicken? That's what you get on the Best of the Joe show in just five minutes on 560 The Joe. Don't you know I'm local? Welcome back to the Best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am a Dan Day. Happy birthday to Be Real of Cypress Hill. He's still insane in the membrane, even at 50 years young. Other birthdays today, Dana Carvey, 65. Well, isn't that special? Soccer has some birthdays. You know I love the ladies' soccer. Abby Wambach, 40. Freddie Adu, who at one point was supposed to be the next Pele. Didn't work out for him so much. 31 years old, and if you're a wrestling fan, Lex Luger is 62 today. 
And that is not a young-looking 62. I saw earlier today. Ooh. Now, if you are a hockey fan, better yet, a Panthers fan, coming up at 7 o'clock in just a few minutes from now, you're going to have Doug Plagans reliving one of the great Panthers wins of the past. But right now, we're going to relive the Hawk and Crowder show. They're talking about 2020. Sucks. But you got to love rotisserie chicken. Plus, Alejandro Solana will give us those headlines. I want to listen to this entire song. How, how long is this song, Solana? About 12 minutes? Yeah. We could probably do a whole segment. This is a banger. I'm with Solana on this one. El Alfa. All-time banger. I can't give it all-time status yet because it's new. Come on. Come on. I don't know what he's saying, but he's getting down. He's passionate. <laughs> you understand what he's saying, Solana? Not really, no. Point out, like, one word. He said pana. Right. He said pana, right. which is kind of like your friend. Right. Um, I do uh, I do that when you do your uh, sports headlines. I pick out one word here and there that I can understand. Understand. Some rappers like that out there. These new kids, you don't understand the damn word they're saying. Hockman and Crowder on a Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? I believe what? Seattle Garbage what? came today. Yes. What year is it? Is this? No, it's it's this <laughs> damn 2020. Oh, is it 2035 yet? Man, I won't even watch 2020 the show anymore after this year. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? <laughs> this uh, this hour is brought to you by Orion Fuels and downstairs convenience stores. Truly steps beyond convenient. I had a difficult time trying to figure out how to open today's show because there's still obviously a lot going on in the world and the nation, our local community. And I was very proud of yesterday's show because I thought we brought you some very uh, poignant words from important people. And we're going to try to do the same again today. But on the other hand, we always liked having fun. Even yesterday, after a weekend of tumult, uh, we, for five or ten minutes, debated Dippin' Dots. It, we, we try to stay true to who we are, but there's still so much going on and there's so much weighing on people that uh, that it's a, a difficult uh, balancing act. Yeah, yeah. And we, like you said, I, I think we do a good job, and I'm sure we'll do it today, where you respect what's going on, but you also entertain like we have been doing for years now. So, like you said, I had a lot of compliments off yesterday's show. Texas, DMs, Instagram, everything else. So, yes, I think I think we're doing a good job. We just, you know, you got you to gotta mix it in. We'll have some fun. We'll do some, you know, some, 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 social, some social issues as well. So, yes, I think we're doing a great job of it. Because we've got, I want to talk about Udonis Haslam. I've been so impressed with him. I want to talk about um, Carol Baskin being awarded Tiger King Zoo. Did you see that? It's this lady. She's and, the real Scarface. Uh, Really? She, I mean, the world is hers, man. She's taking it. And, I want to say uh, with a mound of cocaine, it'd make my year. Right? That'll make 2020. Takes down her, uh, her enemies, uh, no mercy on her ex-husband, allegedly. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Carol, man, I need to get in her DM. And then uh, today, you know, I saw on the show sheet from Solana, today's National Rotisserie Chicken Day. Oh, and, I like uh, me old rotisserie now. Big day. I think that's something that everybody agrees on, right? Is there anyone that doesn't like a good old rotisserie chicken? 
You got two. Juicy. It stays on a little spigot and rolls around for hours. You got to love a rotisserie. Solana, you got a hot take on rotisserie chicken? Because I don't even think you could uh, come up with something that would be ridiculous enough to no, denigrate I, the deliciousness of a rotisserie chicken. I happen to love rotisserie chicken. When I go to Publix weekly, I love mm. picking up those rotisserie chickens. I, but mm. I have to make sure they're fresh, first and foremost. Because sometimes, you know, if you go late, they've been sitting out there for a while. Publix. The lemon pepper rotisserie no. chicken, I, I'm, I'm telling you, is no, the mojo, mojo, the, the mojo, whatever it is. The mojo is good, but it's hard mm-hmm. to find because it's so good, it's hard to find. And again, that's, you, that's the best one. That's yeah. the banger. But you have to cook it more. At, you have to brown it more at home. Do you? I, I'm, I'm yeah. cool with reheating it because, again, it's probably no, I think you have to cook it. Yeah, beyond reheating it, you have mm. to cook it. Just okay. to crisp the outside, right? You got to leave that yeah, juicy white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Solana, the trick is you got to go at lunch or dinner time. That's when they have the new ones. Right. Out. Don't go at don't go at three thirty, four o'clock. Those right. dinner right. chickens ain't out yet. Yeah, yeah man. I like making sandwiches with oh. chicken. When you cut, you cut off a piece of the rotisserie chicken, throw a little lettuce, tomato, a little mayo action. You got yourself a nice grilled chicken sandwich, but it's with rotisserie chicken. I, I love doing that. Well, happy National Rotisserie Chicken Day, and hopefully uh, we can use that as a jump off point to something. Listen, shout out to the chicken. Big day. Big day. <laughs> We've been friends for a long time. Yard bird. <laughs> My yard bird, baby. You know what I call it. I love Yard bird. So uh, today we'll uh, we'll do more of what we did yesterday. We're going to talk. We're going to be uh, thoughtful. And uh, and we're going to be uh, real, too. And, uh, and if you don't want to be real, if you want to keep your eyes closed, if you want to pretend like everything you hear isn't the reality, if you're not interested in hearing other people, people's voices and this ain't for you jack go get yourself a rotisserie chicken and uh and move on with your uh with your radio listening let's start with headlines the miami dolphins they officially signed seventh round pick malcolm perry that leaves austin jackson noah igbenogany and robert hunt the three wow, look at you nailing the name on that Igbenogany. Unsigned pick. Wow. Dude, hold out. You're not getting any more money. Sign the deal, son. It's all oh, somebody, uh, somebody brings up on the text machine the good old Kenny Rogers roasters. Mm. Mm. You guys never got to enjoy Kenny Rogers roasters, did you? No. No, no. Yeah. Mm. We missed out? Yeah, gone too soon. Better than Publix? Better than the, Publix, the, huh? the Kenny Rogers roasters... Even back in the day, Boston Market, when it was Boston Chicken. You remember when it was Boston Chicken? No, Boston Market, as far as I go back. Yeah, it used to be Boston Chicken. Their rotisserie chickens were so good. They fell off, didn't they, Boston Market? No, yeah, I know how they fell off. They don't put no damn seasoning in their food. <laughs> I want some, I mean, give me some salt and pepper, some season all with the red top. Do something, put something on there. Good grief. Somebody texts in, the old text line was racist anyways, so great show, guys. That's why we had to get rid of it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I don't know. That's an excellent text, though, regardless. All right. What else you have? Uh, somebody says CR Chicks. Great rotisserie chicken. There used to be one here in Boca. There was a CR Chicks. It closed like a year ago. It was my wife's favorite place. All right. Go ahead, uh, Solano. What we got? Feel free to interrupt, though, with any uh, rotisserie chicken hot takes. I'm always down La Granja. Somebody texts in, La Granja has the best rotisserie chicken. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I love La Granja, but I don't know about best rotisserie chicken. I, I wouldn't put it above Publix. I got to be honest. Is it rotisserie? Because I know um, I know Pollo Tropical is in rotisserie. 
No, it's um, a Pollo Tropical. Right, it's just, they just put like a flat iron That's grill. That's a good question. I don't remember La Granja being rotisserie chicken. Because there's one right by my house. Like grilled, baked, that's not rotisserie. Rotisserie. rotisserie when that damn thing spins and cooks. Right, right. It gets cooked, uh, you know, uh, all ro- over. Right, it rotisserates. I don't think rotisserates is a, uh, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> no? No, I don't think rotisserates. I, I wonder what the definition is of, of rotisserie chicken. Ew, well, you can't rotisserie at a fast food place. That's honestly the opposite of fast. That's well, slow food. And and they don't have the space usually. It requires some space to uh, rotisitate. Rotisserie, also known as spit roasting, is a style of roasting where meat is skewered on a spit, a long solid rod used to hold food while it's being cooked over a fire in a fireplace or a campfire or roasted in an oven. This method, this method is generally used for cooking large joints of meat or entire animals, such as pigs or turkeys. The rotation cooks the meat evenly in its own juices and allows easy access for continuous basting. And who mm. doesn't appreciate that? Baste the hell out of something. I don't know what that means. All right, is there any more headlines or is that it? Quickly, I forgot <laughs> to mention this yesterday, <laughs> but... Uh, ESPN's NBA awards predictions were released on Sunday, and they had Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat winning the Most Improved Player of the Year award for 2020. I could see that. We got to look at the field, though, but I know he should be in the top two or three. I mean, he went from being what, a role player to an all-star? I mean, that's a yes. pretty big jump, no? I was going to say, I can't. I, I, nobody pops out off the top of my head, but there's a lot of young guys, but you can't say most improved when they're rookies and all the hell. They have nothing to improve right. on. Yeah, no. He's, a, he's I mean, sure we we said it going into this season. I asked the question a number of times. Is Bam Adebayo, is he an all-star? Will he ever be an all-star? And nobody said yes, right? Because we all thought that we knew. We watched him for a couple seasons behind Hassan. We kind of thought we knew what he was. He was going to be a role-playing big man. And I was wrong. He was an all-star. Yeah. I never thought he'd do what he did this year. And yep. I remember it, uh, what was it, the, the USA, Team USA uh, camp? Oh, right. He didn't even make the team. And he was dusting people in little trials. Yeah. There was video of him yeah. just embarrassing people down low. So, yeah, nah, he, he's, yeah, I'm sure he's up there. Finally, guys, a Domino's in Australia. They shared a hack, a life hack for reheating pizza in the microwave so it doesn't become soggy. They put a glass of water next to the slice of pizza in the microwave. Then you heat it up 30 to 45 seconds and it comes out not soggy. Really? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense because you're adding more moisture to the air. It's going to be soggier. I, I haven't tried it, so I, I can't speak to... Uh, but, I mean, I'll try it because that, that's one of the... I mean, I would never I would never nuke a leftover piece of pizza for that particular reason. It just becomes pizza mush. Right. But then you, you, you add water, therefore it's going to evaporate and become moisture, so you're adding more moisture. That doesn't crisp. But moisture doesn't crisp. Does, it's the opposite. Does a, a, a microwave oven cause water to evaporate? Is that Why is that would a you thing? add, just Solana, why would you add water to something you want crispy? Well, I, I think the water provides, uh, or the water acts as a, as some sort of, uh, it's a mechanism. It's a, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's, I don't know. It's I'm like, it's like a, it's like a decoy. It's like a decoy, <laughs> right, right? It's right, a receiver. Exactly. It, you know, like you're not really going to give the heat to the water, but you're, you're it's a decoy to the microwave. <laughs> It's a, it's a de- who's it's a reverse. It's the first who's guy the, to get the reverse. Who's the best decoy in NFL history? Oh, 
That's decoy. Old Jerry Rice. Old Jerry Rice. That's a, it's a great point. Old Jerry Rice <laughs> on Seattle. Yes. That's a decoy right there. Well, you, you might as him. well you might as well put a Seahawks Jerry Rice jersey on your glass of water in your microwave when you put it in. <laughs> put it in there <laughs> with the pizza. Like it just came out the oven. Right, and you're like, "Woo! Thank you for taking your eyes off the prize, microwave." Because <laughs> all I wanted was some crisp pizza. And you paid attention to old Jerry Ricewater, who says we can't solve the world's problems on this show. Boom. There you have it right there. That is one of life's great mysteries, how to reheat pizza. Because whenever I go buy pizza, I'm starving. I think I can eat like five of them. So I get the biggest pizza I can get. And of course, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. I have to reheat the pizza. And it's just not the same when you reheat it the next day or the next couple of days. I don't know. One day... And then whoever does discover the right way to reheat pizza to where it has full taste should win some type of Nobel Prize for physics or food or however Nobel would decide to give away that prize. I don't know. That's crazy. But that's what you get on the Hawk and Crowder show. You get some sports. You get some social issue talk. And then you get rotisserie chicken and pizza. Rotisserie chicken. I mean, all-time banger. Everybody likes rotisserie chicken that eats meat. Now, vegans might not like it or might not want to eat it, but still, I have never had someone go, nope, 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 I don't like rotisserie chicken, or, oh, man, I, I really couldn't go for a rotisserie chicken right now. No, 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 no. Rotisserie chicken, very, 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 very good. Getting back on to sports, recently they had the old Celebrity Pro-Am Golf Challenge. Peyton Manning was being a true New Orleanian. Drinking the whole time, having fun. Then he birdies the fourth hole and talks about it. Perfect. Bam! Oh, Peyton Manning! Partner. Just imagine the gallery going nuts. I feel good about you making it. Oh, beautiful thing. That was for the win. Tiger's got driver. He's got it teed down. Probably see some kind of low fade here. Right to the tee. And Tiger Woods finds the fairway. And that'll be the one. Tiger with the putter in hand on his home course for the win. Oh. All right. Well, that ought to do it. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, the winners of Capital One's The Match. One to ten, Tiger. How's the back feeling? Well, let's just say the 10 is not what it used to be. But it's still better than most. Thank Absolutely. you. Get, Thanks, get back Amanda. out there right, on the range, and we're going to go bother Peyton Manning. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? My, my, you know, Tiger and Phil came out. They, like, took three swings, and they're ready to go. So <laughs> I've taken about 3,000. I have to pick those few moments that were far between where I were, was able to beat Tiger, and 2012 AT&T was one of those. And I had this old blade with a white-hot XG insert from Odyssey that I putted phenomenal with, shot 64 to his 75, won the tournament. That putter has been known throughout the golf circles as the Tiger Slayer, and so I brought that out for this particular event. These guys, the Tom and Peyton, we pick our hats off to them for coming out. Of, this is our arena. This is what we do for money. We could imagine going out on the field and you know, doing what they do. Uh, <laughs> see you laugh. No, just, <laughs> come join us for a quick no, it's just great to hear people laughing a little bit of sports we're slowly 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 getting back to what we used to consider normal but we have to take our time we have to be safe couple of quick notes 
There is a curfew tonight for Miami-Dade and Broward County, 9 o'clock. Starts at 9 p.m., runs till 6 a.m. You have to be an essential worker if you want to be out on the streets. Don't go walking. Don't go running. Don't go sightseeing. 9 to 6 for the better good. Not just for coronavirus, of course. It is because of the social unrest. Be cool. Follow the rule. Also, in just a couple of minutes, Doug Plagans can give you that Panthers replay. A great Panthers win from the past. That's less than about eight minutes away. So, hold tight for that. I got a little more time to spend with you, so why not look back in history? Big day for baseball. On this day in 1925, Lou Gehrig began his 2,130 consecutive game streak, of course, later broken by Cal Ripken Jr. On this day in 1935, another Yankee, Babe Ruth, retired from playing baseball. And this is a good one. 1942, Ted Williams enlists as a U.S. Navy aviator. Man, hiding your career sacrificing for your country, really cool stuff. Then my all-time favorite baseball player, Albert Don't Call Me Joey Bell. I grew up watching him at LSU, going to the games, loving him with the Indians. Well, with the White Sox, he had a 27-game hit streak that actually ended on this day in 1997. Albert Bell, strange bird. That's probably why I liked him so much. Followed his career, great baseball player. Who knows what he's into now? Dude was... Tough as nails on and off the field. So, Albert Bell, probably back in his native Shreveport, Louisiana, sitting in a room, drinking whiskey, being angry. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. So, wish him the best and don't come after me or try to hurt me for any reason whatsoever. This weekend, of course, Bundesliga will be back. More soccer action. There's going to be other things here and there. Not a whole lot, though. Korean baseball has been a big theme, but still kind of just waiting. Looks like MLS will not have a lockout. They're trying to work the deals. Also looks like the NBA on Thursday, owners are going to vote on a plan to reopen the league, maybe 22 teams, maybe tournament. Who knows what exactly, but it also looks like the plan will include an NBA Finals and at some point will end in October or November. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We just got to stay the course. Keep washing those hands, social distance, love each other, have compassion, care, and just be good to each other in general. Thank you for spending this time with me this evening. Let's do it again tomorrow night. Remember, you can download the podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on 560 The Joe by going to our website, wqam.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. If you have any questions for me, because sometimes I talk a little bit fast, or maybe you're doing some other things. I don't want to know what you're doing. Nonetheless, you can always get at me on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio, on all social media, at Dan Day Radio. I try to stay pretty plugged in, except on weekend nights when I'm not plugged into any of that. Get me in too much trouble. You know what I'm doing on the weekend nights. Well, maybe you don't want to know. Nonetheless, thank you so much again for spending time with me tonight. We're going to do it again tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Next, it is Doug Plagans. Panthers replay, reliving a Panthers victory from the past. It'll be a great one. Have a great one. I'm Dan Day, and this is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.